Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Elbasha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough, I am worthy, I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. So welcome again to another episode of Empowered to Grow. This is your host, Hanan Elbasha. As always, you know by now, I think that we continue our conversation and the conversation still continued with Marianne Bahadur, my friend. And um, we, talking about empowerment and talking about women empowerment, we, we had to uh, kind of... Um, go down another route. And Marianne had uh, had something she wanted to share and uh, wanted us to, to start discussing further. Yeah, I feel that we're overdoing it with the whole women empowerment and the whole Me Too and feminism and so on in, in a way that could be counter. I feel, uh, I know everyone says that my, man has to be part of the conversation and has to be part of this, but I feel we're triggering them in the wrong way. Not only they're not part of things, they're actually not keen to be part of things because they think um, we're using this as an excuse or we're overdoing things or we're just uh, spending our lifetime reflecting and developing <laughs> and so on and not doing what things that matter. So it's a thought that crosses my mind always that I see the uh, number of discussions and analyses and reflections and hours and books and I don't know what, that we women have been putting into ourselves yeah. as opposed to men who are just happy to just carry on with their day-to-day without the need for that. And I'm very intrigued to know, were we that damaged to start with that we need all that much work or are they happy to stay damaged? Or <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Well, my, my thoughts, my, my humble yeah. thoughts, and these are not professional in any way. We are not feminists over here, as in we all hate men and we're not going to go out with pitchforks after them. And I think that's what I keep advocating all the time. I say for, for a woman to empower herself does not, nece- does not mean, not necessarily, it does not mean that um, to hate men and not mean that we need to kick the men out of our lives. Um, I'm married. Uh, we've got our son. But I realized that, yes, we, we, I wouldn't say damaged, but we were conditioned in a way that did not serve us growing up. <clears throat> excuse me and i don't say this just as the middle eastern women and you know how they they keep uh, the stereotypical views of women are suppressed in the middle east i don't think so either i just believe that um worldwide and this is after conversations with women from around the world literally from around the world it's um we have been conditioned a lot um in similar ways that we deprioritize ourselves that because also as part of our nature we are nurturers so that includes taking care of others before we take care of ourselves. That um, loving ourselves is equal to vanity, and that is not the case. But when I love myself, I am um, I feel worthy. I act in that way. I take care of me. The, the analogy, and I keep saying that's a lot, a very stereotypical analogy, but it is true that if we, you know, if we don't use the oxygen mask our, on ourselves, we can't save those around us. And that's when I advocate about women empowerment and self-empowerment in, in essence, 
It's not just about saying that, you know, I'm not going to work until you give me this, or I'm not going to say, I'm not going to love until you do this. It is about understanding my own worth. It is about understanding my own capabilities. And it's about standing up for myself in that way. And I believe in the ripple impact effect, which means that when I stand tall, when I understand my own worth, when am I, when I'm very appreciative of my capabilities, those around me sooner or later, by default, start appreciating me the same way too. And they start looking up to me the same way too. Um, I was talking before we were talking in the break, I was talking about my abusive relationships and abusive as in, no, I was not physically abused, but I was mentally abused. I was financially abused. I was emotionally abused. Um, Romantic relationship and work relationship. It's because I did not know how to stand up for myself. Mm. And I took excuse me, I took the shit as it came because I thought that's what I have to do because I have no choice versus walking out is a choice when it means that you're supporting yourself, when it means that you know that you have options, when you know that you have the power within you, that you have um, choices that you can further explore rather than just take shit and say, yeah, there's no other way but this about including the men in the thing. And I told you, like, you know, I was criticized a few times. I was like, why do you empower women only? Men need to empower too. I'm like, true. But when women are empowered, they empower by default those around them. Men's mm-hmm. empowerment feels, um, I empower our son. You know, I work very hard on empowering him, empowering him to become the best version of himself. Mm-hmm. That for me is the same essence. It's not gender specific. But because as women, we're like, you can't do this because you're not physically capable, because you're not mentally capable, because you're not professionally capable, or because you're hormonally incapable, (laughs) I no longer stand for those excuses. These are the ones I'm going against. Mm -hmm. I can do what I set my heart and mind to, understanding my own, um, I wouldn't say limitations, but my own boundaries and parameters. How do I want to integrate this into my life? How do I want it to become part of my life without having to stretch myself out too thin and kill myself in the process just because I was conditioned that I have to achieve it all? Mm. You know? Very true. Yeah, very true. I think, um, like I'm hearing you now, and I keep thinking you're right. Like we definitely have been sort of conditioned or brainwashed to behave a certain way. And Mm -hmm. it's not not saying we should be like men in any shape or form. Yani, no. I think we're better off being no, like us. No, we but shouldn't. There, <laughs> but there are things where, absolutely right, like, you know, at workplace, standing for yourself, not accepting nonsense, uh, not being belittled or treated as uh, different just because of your gender, being given the space to speak and voice yourself and, and all these kind of things. And we've seen like a lot of women, bad women bosses because unfortunately they're having to behave in an extreme just to be given the respect and the and the space that a regular nice guy could get in, in the workplace. So we we haven't seen a lot of uh, female bosses. I, I'm lucky I've seen some, but you know, there's also this alpha, what do they call it? Yes, alpha, the alpha dog. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who's out to get you kind of thing and who yeah. brags about being vicious because that's the only way she could actually have a seat at the board or this and that and and I think this is the problem yeah. but I still think I still think that us living in our own head or empowering ourselves a lot um, without men basically really acknowledging this and playing a role um, it's damaging I'm just wondering like at what point 
or how can men? But I think I think they are included in the conversation, Marianne. I wouldn't say they're excluded from all conversations. I mean, yes, you refer to the Me Too movement, for example. Um, I like that movement. Yes, it was, of course, taken way overboard, and everyone just kind of felt no that you know I have to speak up because this this and this happened. Yes, we all had that. Men got abused as well, so you know we have we have to understand and, and hold the space for them in that sense too. But I believe they're they're getting the picture more and more every day, and mm-hmm. they're they're waking up to the idea that things need to change for things to move for all of us. Mm-hmm. It is not I I never saw women empowerment as in taking a team and and just going and playing with one team. It's always about the conversation, but understanding that the conversation needs to happen amidst us first. You need mm-hmm. to understand what you want, because if you tell someone to say no, they're going to go and say no to everything. And that's not the right no. That's not the no that empowers you. That's the no that villainizes you. As you said, like, you know, for women in business, in corporate world specifically, and I had this conversation with one of my very close friends and, you know, also someone I coach and she's like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to say that, or I don't want to do that. I'm like, why? She's like, cause I don't want to be called a bitch again. Mm. I'm like, well, if a bitch means that you stand up for yourself and you are professional and you stand up for your limitations, then be a bitch and be proud. Mm. You know, we've been yeah. labeled in that way, in a negative connotation. True, but you know, what's my worry? And I'll tell you from hands-on experience. Let's say my husband is a very progressive modern guy ever since the day I knew him. So For him, he already treats women with ultimate respect. He sees them as his equal. He sees them and so on. So this whole conversation goes over his head because yeah. his, his natural things like, yeah, this is the right. So there's nothing for him really to tune into. The other guys who have the issues and the wrong mindset and they are, I don't know what, uh, hardcore different they are triggered in a negative way by this movement. So instead of them, you know, reflecting on where are women coming from or maybe there's truth in it, they're just attacking it as oh, enough but women empowerment. Uh, every, t- every time women are like trying so hard to shout out loud and to create issues and they live too much in their head. And I don't know. So I even like and I see very clearly the, the two types of people. So I'm wondering, what does it take for the other guys? You know, the ones that are paying attention and are part of the dialogue are naturally. Yeah, they're naturally there. You don't have to win them over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The others are really blocking it. I feel this is my worry. I feel the whole thing is firing back a little bit. Like every time I say I'm going to a women talk, another women group or another women. It's like, what do you guys do when you just keep talking to yourself? It's a little bit of this that another women empowering platform. Yeah. From that perspective, I think there are actually three teams here. So as you said, there's the progressive team, as in they, mm-hmm. they've been raised that way and they've been conditioned that way. So they, they have no issues having these conversations. Um, like your husband, my husband is the same too. He's like, you know, I never wanted to marry a pushover. I wanted someone who could stand, you know, stand her ground and we can have a conversation rather mm-hmm. than just a dictation of what you need to do. And then, yes, there are the other extreme of oh, women again, you know, what's your problem? And they don't see that just that statement is, is disempowering on so many levels. I think the ones in the middle, then there are the ones in the middle. And I think the ones in the middle are the ones that have the tendency to realize that their actions and their words and their phrases 
are are disempowering. And these are the ones that are now getting the the, the gist of the conversation. It's like, you know, like the extreme right and the extreme left. You it's very difficult for for both of them to to come together. But I'm I'm not targeting the ones that already think that oh women again. Um, I'm targeting the ones in the middle where it's like, hmm, talk to me again. Let me, you know, what, what does this mean? Oh, okay, I get this. So this is not nice to say, or this is not good to do, or whatever it is. And don't think this conversation is going to end in one generation, maybe two, maybe three generations where everyone's on board and everyone's a lot more receptive of each other. Um, women are waking up today to realize that they also have power within them that they did not realize uh, before. They also have options that they were too scared to explore before because, you know, as Tony Robbins says, obviously I always have to connotate, uh, <laughs> I have to, to bring Tony Robbins in the conversation every time. But, exactly. But um, he speaks that uh, the two main things that stop people are either fear of the unknown or fear of failure. And I think that that is also a major block in a lot of women standing up for themselves. I stood in meetings where I wanted to talk about something when I was in corporate and I was doing marketing and I'd be objecting about something in the product itself that we're talking about. And this was in real estate, for example. And if we all know that's basic four P's of marketing is product. Yeah, and we're not even talking to about the seven P's and that has even progressed further. And the, the response I used to get was, no, 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 don't worry yourself about it. Just go do a brochure and an ad. Or even when I was in private business and this, you know, I was part of the business and I get a memo that the guy who was on the same level as me got uh, promoted to deputy CEO. And when I ask why, it's like, because you're not available for meetings in the evening. Oh, wow. It's not about competence. It's about that. And that is the kind of thing that I say, that's where you stand up for yourself. I did not walk out then because I felt I had no choice. I have to do this. Okay, um, fine. Yeah, really, I really can't go for a meeting at night. But that meeting doesn't have to be in the evening. It can be in the morning when I'm available. And that's what professionalism is about. It's about me standing up for myself and saying, I'm not taking this and I'm not accepting this. I'm just as competent as the man in the office. You know, so these are the kind of conversations that I wish I would have had at an earlier date. But now I know that I've learned a lot from them. And now I know how to start myself moving forward. That being said, can everyone be on board of, I'm not saying we'll ever be equal in that sense, but I'm saying that we need to appreciate ourselves and each other equally. And that is a different conversation than what people would have. Agreed. <laughs> keep doing it <laughs> so let's uh, let's end on a lighter note curly hair <laughs> Ooh, no care <laughs> yeah curly hair is good <laughs> how, how did you uh, how did you um embrace well, your curly hair journey <laughs> i had to look horrible for a long time until my curls came back and as part of the journey you have to make peace with that Luckily, it was the same time I lost a lot of weight. So I was feeling super excited about my new figure. So then, okay, hair can look bad. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. So that's how I managed to like sort of have something looking good to balance uh, the, the transition. But the transition for me was a nightmare because I've always straightened it. And it took me a lot of time of chopping and so on to get it back. Um, I honestly believe God created 
stuff in the best possible way. I used to color my hair a lot. I stopped. Yeah. I'm very close to coloring it soon. I want to try being blonde because I think, you know, if I don't do it now, I won't do it when I'm older. Then <laughs> That's like, got to be cool. The woman, the woman the lost her mind. <laughs> lost her mind and went blonde in her 50s. So I'm like, maybe if I ever want to take that box, might as well now so but i know deep down that god's creation he really knows best so it, it, this was an eye-opening thing for me it's like why do we go and mess up something he designed so beautifully yeah. not, that, not that i want to make this like a spiritual talk or anything but and this has proven to be um but i think yeah. that's that's another thing it's not it's not about messing up god's creation i think it's about yet again about the expectations societal expectations like like you it was the same for me i had to like you know you have a meeting i have to straighten my hair you have an event i have to get to do my hair and i had to accommodate and schedule for my hairdresser appointments before you know across the week and across the work week and across any events and stuff um and the the i i hear you on the stage of the embracing the <laughs> the ugliness before you know the curls are back and stuff i i i like to think of it now like the metamorphosis uh, metamorphosis yeah. of the of the butterfly in the cocoon you know yeah. that's that's the the gooey part cuz like you i also one day i just woke up i'm like i'm sick and tired of this i had actually chopped my hair off and i shaved the undercut so i had half my hair only <laughs> And then I'm like, and it was a botched up treatment for my hair. Another uh, kind of, um, it was supposed to be a Brazilian blowout that didn't turn out to be a Brazilian blowout. So my hair was neither curly nor straight. It was just like that. It just stood on its ends every day I woke up. And I wrote a post about that. I even put the photos and my sisters are like, are you serious? Did you actually just put those photos on social media? I'm like, yeah, it took a good couple of years for my curls to come back naturally. But that's the other part. And that's, again, another form of self-empowerment was it wasn't just about the curls. It was about nurturing and it was about nurturing me, my health and my nourishment and what I put into yeah. my body and the products I use and all of that. It's, it was just that kind of a journey that had to be, well, I had to take that journey too. It wasn't just no, about okay. the mind. It was also about the body in that sense. Yeah. I love how you tied it to this. And there's actually one of the big Facebook uh, movements. Uh, their essence is about really empowering women to embrace their natural self. And I was thinking even that has empowerment, but then, yeah, now that you put it and reflecting on it, it's yeah. very true. Like we were not empowered to be who we are. So it's as simple as that. We were told that we're not enough and not <laughs> just that yeah. we're ugly. So it was a matter of me also. I'm like all everything. for trying things. I'm all for, <clears throat> as you said, like I used to always like dyeing my hair red or shades of red. And mm -hmm. I miss that. But at the same time, I'm like, now I'm like, yeah, that had also connotations like, you know, it, the dye would always come down and, you know, it would impact the clothes I'm wearing and stuff. And now I started having more white hairs and I'm embracing it every day. I'm like, hmm, interesting, you know. So, yeah, maybe I will try red, too, in the near future before it's uh, like bright red kind of thing. <laughs> sure, just do it. <laughs> do you have anything you would like to add, anything that you really feel women need to hear? For themselves and need to kind of go out and do their own things i mean this year for me was uh, all about embracing not being okay kind of thing so yeah. uh, i think because there's so much pressure about even like you know empowering you to grow uh, helping you take the next big, big step or small step doing this and that i think some people um, misinterpret this as a lot of pressure on them that they have to do something or be something 
otherwise they're not sort of achieving enough and obviously social media uh, plays a big part in making a lot of people feel small yeah uh, so i think really my focus this year was very much to even like i remember when you reached out for me i thought i've been saying no to everything like i've yeah. <laughs> so, so many collaborations uh, people wanting me on their videos and so on because i just wasn't ready to to speak Mm-hmm. And I made peace with the fact that I'm not okay. And if I'm not okay, I can't inspire you because I'm not okay. So it was as mm-hmm. simple as I don't want to take your time and I don't want to say something I'm not feeling. So only when I started getting better, which is like last month, <laughs> I started appearing again. But I think this is what I would like to tell women as well is that with all the empowering talk and with all the sort of women pushing each other and women out there doing things and women achieving and women standing for themselves, it's very inspiring but it doesn't need to be toxic positivity either. If, 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 if you're not in that space, again, embrace the fact that there's a time and place for everything that yeah, sure. it's, I'm not saying bum around and don't try, obviously no, yeah. you would always have to try, but if you're really not okay, trying will only push you in lower because yeah. your lives will not go anywhere. So if you're not okay, just sit with yourself, tune in to why you're feeling the way you're feeling give yourself an excuse to slow back, slow down or, or slack or just exist and then go into yourself. And then when you work on yourself, only then you'll be able to come back and be in a position to do things even better than had you just pushed That's yourself. True. That's true. I, I totally advocate that too. And in, in the sense that, you know, the, the Kaizen, the Japanese concept of small incremental steps it's it's not about jumping from zero to 100 in a few seconds. It's about going to 10 today. And tomorrow I could go to 30, but then I need to go back to 25. And I, I always tell women that, especially even those that want to start their own business, I say, find what works in your life. And then your life will expand with it rather than trying to enforce it onto you and on, onto your life that it becomes a burden. You, We don't need more burdens. We need to lighten our weights and we need to deal with things as they go. So if working on yourself is tough, then work on one thing. Don't look at the whole thing. Don't look at the whole picture and think this is messed up. I can't do it. Just see what can I do today? How, right. what do I feel today? And, and how far can I go today? If today is one step, great, go for this step. If today is a hundred steps, take the leap, you know, mm-hmm. and then tomorrow you can slow down again. So. Yeah. I call it from zero to hero. Well, <laughs> that works. <laughs> Told you so much yeah. alignment I, happening. I'm always telling myself, okay, I can't be from zero to hero. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And when you need to take time off and I did that last week, I we were talking before the episode. I'm like, I felt overwhelmed. I felt like, you know, the pandemic has started catching up. I, I worked and I processed through everything I could, but then they reached a point where my mind and my body were just saying, we need a break. You know, my body started reacting too. So I had to take a few days off just to kind of breathe, to reflect, to um, nurture me again, and then say, okay, I'm ready again. Let's do this. You know? <laughs> Curls are out. Let's do this. <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds great. Thank you so much. I loved it, of course, as expected. And thank you for um, coming out again, taking your time off, and then coming (laughs) back again to infuse us with more hope and power and positivity. Thank you so much. Enjoyed my time a lot and enjoyed our chat. (laughs) Well, again, empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, 
www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.